Good morning, everybody. Good to see you on this nice uh, cold front morning with rain and all the good things that I love, of course, that the rest of you hate. But uh, we're so glad that you're here. And if you're here and our guest, we're just thrilled that you're here as well. And we've been in a, a series of lessons called Rest. And Peyton dealt with the first two lessons, and he did a great job in showing how we're just programmed in our world to be restless, to constantly be doing, to be distracted. And because of that, we see a lot of people who are, they're depressed, they are burned out, uh, they are exhausted because it's not working what we're doing. In fact, we've got all of these wonderful time-saving devices now, right? And, and they're not working. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to go back to the one who created us, who knows us mentally, physically, everything about us, and see what God intended for us from the very start. So guess what? We go right into Genesis. And he says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God resting on the seventh day was not an accident. It was not because God was tired. In fact, what he does is he, he sits back and he savors the beauty and the completeness of his creation. And at the same time, he is creating for us a regular rhythmic time of rest. There are two main words that are used in the Bible for rest. And one of those we've already seen, Shabbat. It's where we derive our English word, Sabbath. And it simply means to stop working. So, so think of it in terms of like, you, you know, if you've got a regular job of, uh, you know, at working at a place where it's hourly and, and it's time to clock out. And you go and you clock out, you are Shabbat. You're ceasing from your work at that moment. There's another word that is used. And it's the word nuach, and it means to dwell or to settle. And it's not the same as stopping or ceasing working. Think of it more in line with you're, you're sitting by the fire with someone that you love, someone that you value, and you're just sitting and resting and dwelling together. Or maybe it's, it's, you, it's like going to your grandma's house, and you're going you're gonna to stay a few days, and and unpacking, as you're unpacking that suitcase, what you're doing is you're new-locking. You're, you're settling in. And we see that when God created man, just a few verses after the one we read, it says in verse 15, the Lord God took man and he rested him, he settled him, he dwelled him, he put, he new-locked him in the Garden of Eden. And so what we find here is that there's this fellowship that God has. He, he ceases his work and he dwells with his people. And both of those concepts 
are, we are meant to see as we read this text in its literary form. Both of those words are connected in what God is looking for. And you know, based on the very next chapter, that God would come to them in, in the evening, in the cool of the day, and He would walk with them in the garden because there is something about this fellowship and rest that God had for humanity. But we messed it up. Sin distorts what we think we need. What is uh, someone who plays video games for 10 hours have in common with someone who is constantly working around their house in order to keep it spotless? Both of them are trying to find peace. They're trying to find rest in one in activity and the other one in inactivity. But neither one, at the end of the day, are going to find true genuine rest that God had intended. Hundreds of years later, God comes to Israel and he wants to give them a chance to be his image bearers once again. And he says, We're going to, I want to take you back to the garden. And he says, I want you to remember don't you love that? Listen, what he said, don't forget to take a day off. Got to love God. You got to love God. Don't forget to take a day off because God has blessed this day. He's made it holy over all the other days. And most importantly, and this is very important as we talk about Sabbath, is that this is a day that is dedicated to the Lord. Okay? That's where we get it all mixed up sometimes. But there's more. He says, I want to give you a Sabbath year. Every seven years, no planting, no farming. You don't have to work. Just live off of what the land produces. There will be an abundance for you to live on. And it's modeling Eden once again. Remember when, when Adam and Eve, they're, they're placed in the garden and God says, look, go eat of all these trees. There's just one that you can't eat from, but the rest, just go. And you're not working for it. This is, this is the blessing I'm giving you. And, and they get a semblance of that for a year. But there's more. This is sounding like an infomercial, isn't it? Like the Ginzu knives. Some of you are old enough to remember the Ginzu knives. But there's more. And he says, I want to give you another Sabbath year, and it's going to be a year of Jubilee. It's seven cycles, seven years of seven cycles. So 49 years, I want to give you this time, and, and captives will be set free. Slaves will be released. Okay, and hadn't hit anything on you yet. How about this one? All your debts are gone. If your family lost their land because of poverty or whatever it may be, tragedy, all your land will be given back to you on the year of Jubilee. And, of course, you get the whole year off. It's a time of rest. And I know some of you are thinking, sign me up, right? But do you know Israel rejected God's Sabbath time and time again? And before we get too harsh on, 
on, on Israel and what they're doing? How well have you done on your little phone devices over the last few weeks for just 24 hours of just not getting on your social media and things like that? You know, some of you are like, oh, I just don't know, I don't know if I can do this. So sometimes we're just not as good as either. Because when we're talking about Sabbath, we're not talking about a day at the spa. A day of rest that he speaks about here, he's not talking about sitting by the pool and reading your favorite novel or, or binge-watching your favorite shows. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those things. But a day of rest is a time where we stop our regular routine, our regular work, and we dwell in the presence of God. The biblical story shows us that when Israel failed to keep the Sabbath, that they lost track of the wholesome qualities of its purpose. You go and you look, you see that not keeping Sabbath day had a lot to do with idolatry that they involved themselves in. And I think that's why it's important for us to try to take a day a week where we can just focus on God. To focus on Him rather than the distractions of Satan's world. Corey Tin Boone once said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And there's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? Because sin and busyness, they have the same effect. They disconnect us from our Creator. I love this song. Y'all just sing it with me, okay? There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God Oh, Jesus, bless, Redeemer, send from the heart of God. Hold us to wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. What goes through your mind when you hear the word Sabbath? Like, just think about it in within yourself, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe some of you are thinking, well, Old Testament. Some of you may be thinking, well, that's a Jewish thing. Some of you may be thinking, after dealing with your phones over the last couple of weeks, you're thinking burden. <laughs> and that's certainly what it became at the time of Jesus. But I wonder how many of us, when we hear the word Sabbath, we think joy. Joy. Listen to what Isaiah says. He says, keep Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day. Now that's important. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. In other words, it's intent. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything that you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. And then the Lord will be your delight. 
you know, I wonder, you know, it's like, why do we, so many people think of Sabbath in a negative way? And maybe it's because, you know, we've got just so much leisure time of our own, we don't have to think about that. Maybe we just don't feel comfortable spending time, a whole day with God. I don't know why that is, or if it's just the way we're conditioned. But for some, that's where it is. Because we as Christians, many of us, we enjoy our TV, we enjoy our sports, we enjoy our recreation, we enjoy hobbies, we enjoy secular books. But when we talk about just spending time with the creator of the universe. You see, when our hearts are set on the pleasures of this world, and that's what the distractions of the world do to us, then spending time with God seems more of a burden than a blessing. You may say, well, I, I don't understand. Well, how can this be so joyful? Well, let me give you some reasons. Here's the first one. It reminds us that God is the point of our lives. That's what, that's what a Sabbath does for you. It reminds you God is the point of our lives. We're remembering him as who he is, where he was when Sabbath was first established, and that is he is the creator of all things. He is the point of all the universe, right? The Sabbath is a day to recognize that God did not uh, uh, create us to accomplish tasks. He created us to dwell with him. It reminds us to stop worrying. If he's the point, then why are we so worried and worked up about who controls the House or the Senate? Why do we just feel like the world comes to an end if, if when we think about the presidential you know, elections and who's going to be in and who's not going to be in or who's in at the moment and everything. If God is the point of our life, it doesn't mean it doesn't affect us. We know that. But those things that affect us, they're not, they're not our reason for being. Here's another thing. It reminds us that God is the provider of our lives. He's the creator of all things, right? Did you know there was no other ancient society that would take a day off? Because in that day and time, it was very desperate. It was like, like day-to-day survival or season-to-season -season survival. And it was like, you know, you just can't take a day off kind of thing. But God commands his people. He says, you take a day off because you're going to learn that if you take a day off, unlike these other ones, I'm going to provide for you. And I'm going to provide for you better than they're going to be able to provide for themselves working seven days a week. You know, some of you, you can't take a leisure day off. I'm not talking about, you know, you, you, from your job. I'm talking about you, you struggle, even when you're not working at your regular job, to be able to relax. Because you think somehow that you've got to be on at all moments if everything's going to happen the way it needs to happen. We've all heard uh, quotes like Benjamin Franklin who said, idle hands, it's the devil playthings, right? And we're like, yeah, see there? You know, if we're sitting down, then we are allowing the devil to do his thing. And that's exactly the way 
Martha felt about Mary. Remember that story? Jesus comes, he's in their home, he's teaching. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and here's Martha. Look at that face. Ooh. Somebody getting it later, right? And she's up, in fact, the text says, I love this, she was distracted by much serving. Distracted. Is serving bad? No. Jesus says we're to be servants, right? Jesus said, I came to be a servant of all. But he says, listen, that's not the point. And she felt like Mary, she she doesn't have a godly posture here. She needs to be up helping. And she believed it so much that she goes to Jesus. She thinks Jesus is going to agree with her and say, Jesus, you tell Mary she needs to be up serving with me because that's our place. She must have been shocked. When Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you can, you can almost, you know, I almost want to hear how some of y'all would read that. Martha, Martha, you know, if you, anybody watch a Brady Bunch growing up? Marsha, Marsha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, not you, and what she has chosen is not going to be taken away from her. Now, if you sympathize with Martha, and I know some of you do, because anytime I preach or I teach about Mary and Martha and that story, I've had people come up and say, you know, I really sympathize with Martha. I'm not going to make you raise your hand this morning, but let me tell you something. If you really sympathize with Martha here, you're going to struggle with a Sabbath day. You just are. But that's not what we find here, is it? You, but, and listen, and here's some of, the other, some of you others, you're, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it, but I have a Martha in my life. I'm glad nobody said amen. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You've had a spouse. Maybe you had a parent. Maybe it's a boss. And they make you feel guilty if you take a break. They make you feel guilty if you were to take a whole day off and just dwell in the presence of God in prayer and scripture reading and just, you know, meditation and relaxing with the Lord. And you know, some of you, you got that. Bless you. Right? You got those people. But you got to ask yourself, am I going to listen to Jesus or am I going to listen to Martha? And for those of you who sympathize with Martha, are you going to listen to Jesus? Because Jesus says, that's the point, to stop working and dwell with God. She's Shabbat and Nuot. I don't rest because everything is done. You know, I, listen, you ever heard that before? Listen, as soon as I get everything done... No, 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 we don't rest. That's not the purpose. We, we miss the point of Sabbath. The point is God's the provider. That means whatever it is that I've left undone, the whatever it is I think should have been, God's going to provide. God's going to take care of it. And I've had to learn this in my life the hard way. When I first started preaching, I mean, I, I did not, I was a workaholic, and I took a half a day off on Fridays. And I didn't always take those days off like I should. In fact, I usually carried, if we were going out, 
with the kids. Uh, I would always carry my sermons with me, my Bible class stuff with me, so I could continue just to look over and whatever. And, and it, was, it was terrible for my marriage. It was terrible for me as a father with my two young children at that point. And I remember Missy, she had this come to Jesus moment with me. And she was right. And I had to make some serious changes, and I still have to continue to keep that in the, back, in the very back of my mind and the front part of my mind. Because it was wrong. But here's, here's what's really cool is after that, there were those sermons that I'm like, man, I just needed more work. I needed to do this with it. I needed to, you know, or, or sometimes I would just be like, this is just not good. I, I, really, I just almost need to start over, but I just don't, I can't do that. And, but those were the ones, let me tell you, those were the ones where people would come to me and say, I feel like God was speaking through you. Those were the ones where people would come up to me and they would say, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. I even had at times people say, that's the best sermon you've ever preached. And let me tell you something. I knew right then that while I do all this study and work and God wants me to do those things, he's the one actually doing the heavy lifting. And I've got to believe that God's going to provide in those times that I'm not very adequate. How much unrest in our lives is the result of believing that everything depends on us? If we took one day a week to stop work and to dwell with God, we would stop living this way because Sabbath reminds us that God provides. What would a day like this do for someone who is, who, who is unimportant in the world? Who are powerless? They would realize that the God of the universe loves them. And who he is is nothing in comparison to the important people of the world. I love this song. Mike McGee's not here today, but this is, this is his favorite song. And, and this is the chorus. But listen to this as we sing it. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Talks about walking in the garden with God. That's Eden, folks. Here's another thing. Sabbath reminds us that God is the Savior of our lives. Here it is, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 5. The, uh, they're getting ready to go into the promised land after 40 years of wilderness wandering. And there is a new generation that has arisen. The old, they had to die out in the wilderness. And so God comes back and he says, listen, I'm renewing my covenant with you, my people. And by doing so, he reinstates the ten words, or what we call the ten commandments. And in that, this is what he says about that fourth commandment. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out from there and with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Sabbath was supposed to be a time that they remember who delivered them. 
that they remember that they no longer are slaves. He made them sons and daughters of God himself. Listen, I love this this terminology that we continue to see in the New Testament. Sometimes we don't identify it as much, but let me tell you, what they're doing is they're pulling off the narrative of the Old Testament. And we see this deliverance that we have in Jesus Christ. They draw off of their experience and says things like this in Romans chapter 8. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of what? Slavery, to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We take a day off so that we'll stop thinking like slaves and start thinking like children, sons and daughters of God. You sometimes you feel enslaved to this world. You need to realize we've been delivered from this world. And we have been delivered and the Spirit of God has come to dwell with us once again. Often, how often do we really think about the deliverance that God has given us? Some of you might say, well... Um, during that song before the Lord's Supper and a couple of minutes after that. But what if we thought about our salvation, our deliverance, a day, every week, and we just thank God. We go back and we read those stories. We meditate on them. We think about them and what God has done. What would it do for the person and you may even be in here today, for that person who constantly is feeling guilt for their past, and they're like, well, I know God forgives and all this kind of stuff, but I still, you don't understand, the sin that I committed, I still feel this guilt. Let me tell you, you take a day with God once a week, and He speaks into you that your sins are as forgiven, they are, they are gone and separated as far as the east is from the west. What would it do for us who, when we struggle with sins in our lives, we realize we've been made overcomers. The, the very thing that Jesus has done for us, he's saving us from this slavery. Why would we want to go back into bondage? It would begin, sin would begin to, to, to release us. Because we don't want that in our lives. Now, we talk about Sabbath. But let me tell you this, as followers of Jesus, God does not expect us to follow Israel's laws. But let me tell you this, many of those laws, they are timeless. Joseph Shulam, he is a Messianic Jew in Jerusalem. He established one of the first nonprofit organizations for Jewish disciples of Christ in Jerusalem. And he, he goes around and he speaks and he writes and all of these kinds of things in bridging this gap between Messianic Jews and, and Messian, Messianic Gentiles, non-Jews. That's us, unless you're a Jew. And, and, and so I've heard him speak on, on a few occasions. And one time I went up to him afterwards 
And I said, uh, have we gotten it wrong, us, us Gentiles, gen, non-Jews, have we gotten it wrong about the Sabbath? And I'll never forget what he said to me. It's been several years ago, but this is what he said. Gentiles don't have to practice the Sabbath, but they would be a fool not to. But you may be saying, well, what does, how do I take a Sabbath? What does that look like today? We're going to talk about that next week. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but before we conclude, I want to go back to creation and the story of creation and God's intent for rest. Because we messed it up, right? Sin messed it up. But then we learn about new creation. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There's a new creation that has happened, right? And we look at ourselves through the story of Israel. We, by faith... We too pass through the waters as they pass through the Red Sea where all that sin in our lives has been buried. It's destroyed. The enemy is destroyed. We come out on the other side delivered. We've been washed clean. And now, in this new creation that comes, God comes once again to dwell in us. By His Spirit that happens at baptism. His Spirit comes, He dwells in us. Folks, this is Eden language. We're finally back. It's not in its completed state because we're still waiting on Jesus. And He's going to bring about, and you just read it, read it, Hebrews. We may look at that next week. Hebrews tells us that when Christ comes, the eternal rest, the eternal Sabbath comes. It's what God wanted in the beginning. But now he comes by sending his son to redeem us and to bring us back. Bring us back into the dwelling of God. Let's pray. Father, be with your people. Help us to long for you. You are the reason that we breathe and that we live. May we trust you to provide in times that we feel too busy for a day of rest with you. And we pray for those who are exhausted from the world. Give them the power to trust you. To call on the name of your son Jesus. To be baptized. For your spirit to come and to dwell in them. Make them, Father, a part of the new creation that is going to end one day in eternal rest. And it's for all of that that we say thank you, Father. And we bring this petition before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.